0: All righty, take your Bibles this evening and turn with me over to uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, Maybe we'll just move this over just a little bit, getting a little feedback there. All righty, so we're going to use our Bibles tonight. I hope you don't mind using your Bibles. Anybody mind using their Bibles? All righty, good. I'm glad nobody minds. Turn to Revelation chapter number 3. Revelation chapter number 3. We're going to look at one verse here. Verse number 11. The Bible says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Turn a couple pages over to Revelation chapter number 4 and look at verse number 10. The Bible says, The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy o lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created turn over to the book of hebrews hebrews chapter number 2 Starting at verse number one, the Bible says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Let's go to the Lord to prayer and then the message out of his word this evening. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to stand behind uh, this pulpit and preach your word. And Father, I pray that you take uh, my feeble thoughts, Lord, and you would uh, pierce the heart of your people in Jesus' name we pray, amen. i like to preach along uh, this thought, what will you lay at his feet? What will you lay at his feet? Uh, we read in, over in the book of Revelation, chapter number 3, that uh, God was talking to a church, said, uh, hope fast. Don't let any man take your crown. Then we saw there that great picture in front of the uh, the crown or the throne, and the four and twenty elders they cast their 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 crowns before the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you, what do you have that someday, when when you're at that that spot and the four and 20 elders are there. And I believe, brother, they're, they're doing it for example for us to follow through. They take off their crowns. They throw it before his feet. I wonder. I want to look at some crowns this evening. Some incorruptible crowns that will never fade away. But before we do, I want to look at, by way of introduction, some crowns in this life that we tend to go after more than we go after the crowns that will not fade. Take your Bibles quickly. And I have a lot of scripture, so I'm going to make you a promise. Uh, I'm going to uh, preach fast if you'll listen quickly. Can you do that? Can, can you listen quickly if I preach fast? All right. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 12. Look at verse number 4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh a shame is rottenness in his bones. So uh, one of the crowns that people go after, my brother is a wife. <laughs> my wife is my crown. She's my best friend. She's my life. <laughs> uh, everything about her, she, she were one. Incidentally, Job and his wife were one too. Remember that? And you never find in the book of Job where his wife ever was killed because they were, they were one. <clears throat> but people... Go after a wife. And that's a good thing. The Bible says if a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing. But you know what? That crown will fade. As you start to get old and you start to get gray and you start to get feeble and you start to, get, you start to fade. And guess what? <clears throat> I believe we'll know each other in glory. But I don't think we're going to be married so there's a crown that will fade away. Turn over Proverbs 14. Look at verse number 24. The crown of the wise is their riches, but foolishness of fools is folly. The Bible says a, a, a person that's able to gain riches. They're wise. They have a crown. The Bible says that the folly, folly the, the, the fun and everything that goes on, of uh, fools. But you know what? Riches will fade. The star- stock market will crash. Bitcoin will go down, and all those other things that people put their hope and their trust in, they will fade. Turn over to Proverbs 16. Look at verse number 31. Proverbs 16, 31. The Bible says that the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. Now, the hoary head is a gray hair, gray hair. And the Bible says it's a crown if it's found in the way of Of righteousness. What that means is is someone that has studied the Bible, somebody that's grown up around this book that that loves God, gave their life for him, they have a lot of wisdom to share in the way of righteousness. But you know what? That's a crown that's going to fade too. Because you know what? When we all get to heaven, we all are going to have to take remedial Bible study because we haven't we haven't even scratched the surface uh, the bible says that in the ages to come he might show us his exceeding riches and glory that word ages means time and time and time i i, li- I like doing this brother in the ages to come he might show he just he's just going to turn a page that's the ages, upon ages, upon ages, upon ages. Turn over Proverbs chapter number seventeen. Look at verse number six. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Now here's talking about grandkids. Anybody have grandkids? I tell you what. If I'd known how f- much fun grandkids were, I would have had them first. <laughs> grandkids, the Bible says, are their crown. And I got five of them and one on the way. But you know what? I could have 56 and one on the way, and they'll fade too. They'll fade too. Turn over to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 28. Look at verse number 1. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are on the heads of the fat valley, I almost said bellies, of them that are overcome with wine. The Bible says there's a crown of pride. You know, it's kind of like, you know, (coughs) You ever watch? Anybody ever watch how some birds walk compared to other birds? Some birds just kind of hop along, walk. But watch, watch a raven. He'll strut. He'll strut. He's prideful. There's pride. The Bible says, "Contention without pride uh, cometh contention." So. There, there's a whole host of things in this life that people go after. They go after the wild parties in verse number 1 with wine and, and strong drink. Matter of fact, God's so much against that, he repeated it again in verse number 3 in Isaiah chapter number 28. Uh, some people, their, their whole life is consistent only upon their children. They've never done anything for God. The other one is the, it's just to gain wealth and more money, more money, more money, just one more million. and then uh, the other one is their wisdom, they're so they're so s- s- smart, and then the other one might be your mate. But there are some crowns. I want to take a minute or so to look at them. Not kidding, we're going to take more in a minute that endure in life, that endure. And I want to ask you, what will you lay at his feet when you're there before the, the the crown, that great rapture scene of Revelation chapter number 4, and we see Jesus for the first time? We see him on his throne, and we see the the... the The 4 and 20 elders and the beasts and everything that's depicted there in Revelation chapter number 4, worshiping the Lord. Will you have anything to join in? Uh, Take a a moment here and let's go over to 1 Peter chapter number 1. And look at verse number 3 and 4. 1 Peter chapter number 1 verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here it is. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away Reserved in heaven, say it with me, for you. Turn back to Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter number 2. The Bible says, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. It says we ought. We ought. So that that implies that there's a choice. We ought, because some are not. But we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. This morning, we heard a great message on hope, lest at any time we should let them slip. That word slip is kind of just drifting down a stream. Jump down to verse number 3. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know what? This morning, I did not neglect to shine the hood of my Rolls Royce. You know why? (laughs) Because I don't have a Rolls Royce. But you know what I do have? I have something more valuable than a Rolls Royce. I have the gift of God, salvation. God saved my soul. And He's given me that gift. And He says that I should not neglect it. Let that let that sink in. Are you neglecting your salvation? Turn over to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Go to verse number 24. The Bible says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may attain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we a incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertain, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should not be a castaway. There's an incorruptible crown. Hey, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of crown I want. I want some incorruptible crowns that fadeth not away. The Bible says there is a incorruptible crown, and what's it for? I believe it's for faithfulness. How you lived your life after you were saved, after you believed that you were a sinner, after you believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was buried and rose again and you called upon the name of Christ and you were saved, you have a responsibility to get in the race and to run. There's a race to be run. There's a fight to be fought. There's a crown to be won. It's an incorruptible crown. Hey, have you ever ran a marathon? <laughs> oh, I forgot I'm talking to talk to a Baptist. Have you ever ran a marathon? Brother John, I bet you ran a marathon. No? Anybody ever ran a marathon? Aha! Troy! There's my man. Hey, Troy, when you started out, did you know who was going to (laughs) finish? You don't know who's going to go across that line first. There's uncertainty. Uh, the, The the Bible says that the Christian life is, is has to be like a marathon. You have to run. You have to run. You have to study the Word. You have to pray. You have to run. He says it's also like a a boxer fighting. He trains. He trains. He trains. He trains. He trains. And he doesn't know if he's really going to win unless it's been fixed and somebody takes a fall but that never happens really does it there's an incorruptible crown for faithfulness i wonder if you'll 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 have a crown to throw at his feet that's what i want i want a crown to throw at his feet i want a crown Turn over Philippians chapter number 4. Now some of these crowns that we're going to look at, a lot of people say they're the same crown, but they're different. I don't mean they're same, but different. I mean they're different. Okay. There's no such thing as the same difference because if they're the same, then they can't be different, right? Unless you're an accountant. But anyway, look at Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Therefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I want you to notice that Paul says, my joy and crown. My dearly beloved. He says says these these people here in the Philippians, and he goes on to list some of them. They're his crown. I believe this is a soul winner's crown for those that you have won to the Lord, for those that you have taken time to not only to win to the Lord, but to mentor and, and to help along their life. It's a soul winner's crown. You know, God is interested in the soul winner. He has more divine help, I believe, when it comes to soul winning, to the soul winner who actually wants to study his word. Because you know what? Souls are the heartbeat of God, souls are the heart, heartbeat to God and and God, when he sees somebody interested, uh, you know business is picking up when somebody is interested in sharing the Word of God, when somebody's interested in and in sharing the gospel message to somebody that maybe you work with somebody, maybe your family or or somebody you go out and knock on their door. You're interested in their salvation. You're interested that they don't spend eternity in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. God takes a special interest in you. And you know what? He is able to help you. The soul winner has to use the Bible more than most people. (laughs) The soul winner understands the compassionate heart of God for sinners. So he's more in tune with the divine revelation and scriptures. And he's looking for, he's looking around that next corner who he might be able. He's looking for that divine appointment that he might be able to give them the track or be able to witness to them in some form, fashion, or manner. We have so many tools available to us today to be able to be a witness. The Bible says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. How does he get wise? The word of God. He doesn't have wisdom on his own but the word of God Teaches him. The, the Bible says. How beautiful upon the mountain. Are the feet of him. That bringeth good tidings. That publishes peace, peace. And bringeth good tidings. And of good. That publish salvation. That saith unto Zion. Thy God reigneth. I wonder. Will you have a incorruptible crown will you have a soul winner's crown are you focusing your life on corruptible crowns that will fade away that won't endure turn over to Psalms 126 it's a familiar verse probably to everybody in here. Look at verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. If you study the Bible, you'll know that God keeps your tears in a bottle. I wonder if he labels those bottles, Brother John. He puts them up. This one's for a certain person. This one's for souls. This one for here. I wonder when was the last time we shed a tear for the loss. Our lives are so consumed with us and the things that we have to do and the places we have to go and so little time so little tears look at Luke chapter number 15 verse number 7 I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which needeth no repentance. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Uh, Those angels are not rejoicing. Who do you think is rejoicing there? I believe Jesus is having a hallelujah fit when a sinner repents and becomes saved. There's a crown of rejoicing, a crown of... Of rejoicing as well. Turn to First Corinthians, Thessalonians chapter number two. Look at verse number eighteen. Wherefore we would have come unto you even I Paul once and again but Satan hindered us for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming for ye are our joy our glory and our joy uh, this is a crown that is corporate the other crown was for the singular so winner This is a a cooperative crown. I believe this is a crown given to church members for their faithfulness of seeing the gospel, of seeing missions, giving to missions, and going out as a church body and witnessing. It's a crown of rejoicing. You know what I think? I think that and this is just, you know, manism. Okay, all right. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repent. I think, I think Jesus is going to let us in on a little bit of His joy. <laughs> I think He's going to let us in on a little bit of His glory. When we get to heaven, He's He's and, and He gives us that crown. It, it, we're going to get in on a little bit of his, his joy, a little bit. Hey, it's going to be something, I hate to use this word. Uh, let's not use that word. I was going to use magical. Let's use the word spiritual. <laughs> okay, when that crown is on your head, that crown of rejoicing, uh, you may never shouted anything in your life. You may have never even said amen when the preacher held up the sign. But when you get that crown of rejoicing on your head, you're going to shout, Woo! Wee! <laughs> you're going to say, Hallelujah! You're going to have a crown of rejoicing. You might even run the aisle. <laughs> you know why? Because Jesus is going to share his glory with you. He's, he's going to share his joy with you. You know, we have joy now, joy unspeakable and full of glory. But you know what? Uh, <clears throat> we read this morning that the Holy Ghost that gives us that joy is just the earnest of our inheritance. It's just a little down payment. Just a little bit of down payment. And boy, it sure is good now. Wait till we get to heaven. Wait till we get to heaven. A crown of rejoicing. It's going to be to the church collectively for everything that you did, for all the trophies of divine grace. As prey taken out of the hand or the mouth of a mighty lion, delivered from the power of Satan, unto the, the out of the darkness and into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, a crown of rejoicing. When was the last time you rejoiced over someone being saved? Hmm. What you gonna lay at his feet, church? What you gonna lay at your at his feet? Let's look at another crown. Second Timothy chapter number four. Verse number eight. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eight says, henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. This is a a crown of righteousness. The Bible says in verse number 8, in or at that day at that day what day might that be I wonder where is where is that where is that at I think we can uh, we can find that in a couple places turn over to, or turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 Look at verse number 11. The Bible says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. so as by fire we're looking at the the great judgment seat of Christ the bema seat the theologians call it it's the judgment seat of believers for what you have done in the body and when i and there there it's the Bible, in another place, says that we shall be judged for the things that we've done in the body. I think that has a twofold meaning, in light of what we're studying this evening, it has a twofold meaning. What you're doing in the God's church body and His body. But the Bible says talks about some things that go through the, the fire, wood, hay, stubbles, all going to turn into ashes. Those are those crowns that f- are fading away, the things that you spent your life on uh, at the, the ball games, uh, the bowling alleys, whatever, hunting, fishing, golfing. You see that swing? Huh? Choke the backswing a little bit. Those things are all going to burn up. And I believe we'll be sitting there after the uh, 4 and 20 elders, Brother Chris, throw their crowns. And some of us are going to be sitting there and we're going to be scraping up our wood, hay, and stubble. And it's just going to be Ashes. You ever try to throw ashes? They don't throw very good. They don't cast very good. They're trodden under your feet. Now I got to get up. (laughs) I wonder. I remember. As a. A little boy, growing up, Christmas time in, in the man family household. Always, my parents really made, made it really cool. We had a, a rec room downstairs. They put up the Christmas tree 30 days before Christmas. And then put presents under there. And expect us not to peak for 30 days. We had to wait and anticipate and anticipate and anticipate. Why am I bringing Christmas into this? Because as a Christian, you should be anticipating the judgment seat of Christ just like you may have when you was a little girl, a little boy, anticipating Christmas morning. Is that how you're looking to the judgment seat of Christ? Hmm? Or might you be neglecting your salvation this evening? What about right now? If you were ushered into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you have anything in store for the Lord Jesus Christ? Crown of righteousness. There's a crown of rejoicing. There's a soul winner's crown. There's an incorruptible crown. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter number 5. Look at another crown. We'll be done shortly. I know you guys are tasting those hot dogs already. Turn to 1 Peter chapter number 5, please. Look at verses 1 through 4. The elders which are among you I exhort. Whom am I also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking oversight thereof. Not by constraint. Not willingly. but, But willingly. Not for filthy lucre. But for a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This is a crown of glory. Who is it for? It's for the elders. Is for the pastors. Is for the missionaries. Is for the full-time Christian workers. They're out there striving. It's, uh, I like what it says there, Brother Chris. A crown of glory that fadeth not away. See all those other crowns we looked at? They just fade away. They're gone. Poof. It's like your life it's a vapor. It's a vapor. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2 moreover it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Paul said he kept his body in under subjection. He didn't want to become a castaway. He didn't want to become on the shelf. He didn't want to lose his crown. He didn't want to neglect his, his, his uh, salvation. He wanted to look to Christ. He wanted to press towards the mark. He wanted a full reward. I used to say, well, I'd just be happy with a cabin on the back 50. No. No. I want a full reward. I don't know about you. I want a full reward. And I don't know about you. I still got a little bit of race in me. And I still have a whole lot of fight in me. And I want a full reward. A crown of glory. James chapter 3 verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Hey, the full-time Christian workers, pastors, missionary, (laughs) a lot of them are going to be at the end of the line and they're going to be looking ahead and they're going to see that elderly lady. All she did was pray and pray. She's going to be miles ahead in that line. rewards lines. Now, this is man theology again. Okay? But what you going to lay at his feet when it comes to that time? Will you have something? Will you have a handful of ashes? Will you be one has to have tears wiped away at the judgment seat or will God share his glory with you let's look at one more crown and we'll wrap it up here look at James chapter number 1 James chapter number 1, and look at verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. There's a crown of life. You know, there's situational trials, I believe, that we have to go through sometimes. And these, these, these trials are not uh, trials from the devil. They're, they're, they're trials from God that help to make us better in our Christian life. And when we don't fall under the weight of these trials, he bears us up he doesn't let us stumble. We learn to lean on Jesus. We learn to rest in his arms. We learn how not to murmur, but to be still and know that he is the Lord. He's our all in all. You know, this type of trial Failing it doesn't end up w- with sin that you committed. It's just like what they used to do in schools. If you fail a test, guess what? You take it again until you pass it. And the psalm writer says, "He'll come out as gold. They, they make you the bible says they're more precious than gold. You know what? These type of trials are they're, they're they're more precious than your checking account, your bank account, your 401k, your Roth, all those things. They're more precious than that. Because those things fade away. But these things, they're they're the crown of life. How you go through life. But there's also. Not only there's situational trials. Sometimes there could be sinful enticement. The Bible says. For all that's in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life is not of the father. But is of the world. I call these the three Ps. There's the pleasure of life. That's the lust of the flesh. And uh, I don't know if this is right, but this, uh, I, I think, is pretty close. We have to watch out for the lust of the flesh from, and <clears throat> from pre-teen to middle to early 20s. And I really don't know what a pre-teen is. <laughs> That's a funny, funny thing, pre-teen. So are they two? Three, but from preteen to kind of midlife your twenties, thirties lust of the flesh uh, we like to pamper it we like to dress it up we like to but you know there's fleshly desires that we go after the fun and the things that we shouldn't be going after now I, I I love having fun. I'm the first one that wants to have fun. But is that what your whole life is wrapped up in? Fun? Pleasure? The lust of the flesh? Just a feel good? Just a warm fuzzy? And then it talks about the lust of the eyes. I call that the position. You got to watch out from midlife to senior years. For this lust of the eyes, for your position, for climbing that corporate ladder, for getting up there, for making something, of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And I did, and I did, and I did, and i this is me, this is me. The lust of the eyes going after things. And then the Bible says the pride of life. This is your prestige your senior years to the time that you die pride of life and you know this is where the devil attacks you in your life this is where the devil attacks you with <clears throat> where you won't have any crowns he attacked uh, christ the same way he attacked eve the same way but i wonder this evening What will you lay at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ? What type of crowns will you have? What are you doing that brings gold? What are you building upon? Gold, silver, precious stone. Or is your life just wood, hay, and stubble? Poof. You're going to be a Christian in heaven, decked with jewels? Or are you going to be a Christian that smells like smoke, yet so save as by fire?